Hey, do you want to be like me and make podcasts that everyone loves? Yeah, you do. But chances are, you don't want to spend a bunch of money doing it. No worries. A solution exists. Spotify's got a platform that lets you make podcasts super easy, then distribute those podcasts everywhere, and you can even earn money doing it. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Also, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. I'm speaking from experience when I say that all those additional features like video podcasts, Q&As, polls, those are things you won't find for cheap elsewhere. But with Spotify for Podcasters, it's all totally free no catch. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Thanks. We love you. Welcome to our podcast. We are recording right now. That's the name of this podcast. We are recording. <laughs> That's a good. It's not bad. I mean, I've definitely heard worse. It's getting... I have a note for Adam. <laughs> Carrie, did you do the thing we asked you to do? Oh, yes. I wrote it down. Oh, you wrote. Okay. Pass it over. All right. All right. Here comes the note. Let me just confirm. What this is, is it going to say? Note that says the gays good. love dick. Oh, Signed the- Chet Wild. <laughs> That's on brand for him. I'm not going to lie. Why would Chet do something like that? You know, Chet now apparently is really into drugs. Wow. Yeah. He really, yeah. he really, uh, I watched it happen too. It's very <laughs> rare that you're there for the night that somebody takes a real nosedive into the world of narcotics, but mm-hmm. he really swung for the fences. We'll have him. <sighs> this is going to post after that episode, right? After Chet ate the weed brownie? Yeah, that was weeks ago, Caitlin. Did you eat one also? Fuck, sorry. Yeah, I did. <laughs> no, I don't know when that live podcast is going up. But but we're definitely in a space where it's happening after, right? So I can yeah. talk about it without spoiling anything. That's right. all I'm worried yeah. about. I have not seen someone make such a grave error since college. Like, truly, I don't know what happened I mean, the only we're friends, so I also I should like say welcome to Pretty Scary. Something. Oh, Pretty, Pretty Scary Boo! Now let's get back to talking about Chad almost yeah! dying. Yeah, that's good. That's good. No, I mean, well, first of all, Carrie, you're a, you're a sneaky imbiber. <laughs> I don't ever like turn around and go, oh no, like you never give me an opportunity to stop you. It's already happened before I've gotten there, or I turn around and then I turn back, and well, then it just becomes par for the course. Well, it's just like, okay, here we are. No, but Chet was you, you slap your mom jeans on and here I am. Yep. I'm, and you're I'm, just ride or die. I'm ready to Boxel, I'm ready to help Boxel out. Me. Uh-huh. Boxel Yay. finger me. Uh huh. Boxel finger. Yay. What was what me? 
foxhole finger me. If I'm ever in a oh, foxhole, I, get you. I yeah. want Caitlin in my foxhole. Yeah, I got it. I'm there. I'm a good, yeah. Anyway, Chet, basically, I, I, it, it all happened in slow motion for me. But I saw him reading the packet of the, the pot brownie. <laughs> like, anytime someone's reading a packet, they're considering it. Like, like the ingre- their ingredients in, like, a caloric Yeah, count? Like, he's, well, like, he's on, like, the th- the whole 30 or something and is, like, trying to figure out if it's clean eating. Milligrams of sugar. Yeah, I and, I, and, I, and I'm thinking, like, he's not going to do this. Like, this isn't, you know. I didn't and, think he was. And then he just did. Because I was going to eat the whole thing. And Quincy talked me out of that, so then I just ate half. Yeah, Adam. Adam had gotten talked out of it. You know what happened is his from second, Quincy. From Quincy. Yeah, yeah, when Quincy talks you out of using drugs, it's not good. You're doing too many drugs. What happened was Chet got caught up by his second glass of tequila, and by by mean by glass of tequila, I mean a glass of tequila with a little bit of cranberry juice. Like there wasn't even. It was pretty strong. Yeah, Adam had mentioned that he was pretty, like, and I don't see him as, like, an imbiber of, like... He's really not. Yeah, alcohol, drugs, anything. But the last time I saw him at the Hollywood Hotel... Well, no, the last time he ignored me because he had a big ego, but the time before that... Right, He was drunk, you were there, you just found out you were with child. With child, yes. And he was outside, and he was like, is it inappropriate that I'm hitting on you? And then I don't think he ever remembered. Oh, okay. You were there. I was there for that. I Who was that. Chet hitting on? Like he was like, like kind of like flirting with me, and then he was oh. like, "Do you care that I'm flirting with you?" And I was like, "I have had way worse. <laughs> like, trust me, you are 100 percent okay, Chet." That, that's how you know a moment of romance is going well is if in the middle of it, you, somebody goes, "Is this going okay for you?" <laughs> yeah, especially <laughs> at the making you uncomfortable, especially at the hitting words. on you stage. Yeah, it's not. It's not. Yeah. I'm the, sure that's self confidence that works out for him all the time. The funniest part of the night, though, what happened like right when I got there. So my friends Sarah and Annalisa came with me, and if uh, Carrie knows, they're tiny people. Like mm-hmm. Sarah and Annalisa are like miniature. They're like Lilliputian tiny, and we're walking from my car to the front of the hotel, and out of nowhere, this incredibly drunk man with this weird bandage on his head just starts to show up, and he looks at me, and goes, "It's okay." I said, what? Like, I, I don't know. And he goes, it's okay. I'm like, I don't. Uh. And then, you know, I could feel them both like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And I felt like it was my job to protect them because just my physical size was in a better spot than they were. And so I'm like shuffling them behind me. And he's going, hey, it's okay. It's I okay. feel like the Hollywood <laughs> Hotel is like the new Cecil. It's haunted for sure. Something yeah. they always have weird characters. But there. this this has a Chet tie-in. So we we zoom past. There's like a bunch of open micers waiting in the front, and we're and you know these poor guys. You know they're like young stand-up comic guys. They are never around women. And there's like three women like rushing them, and they all like light up like, "Hey, how's it going?" I'm like, "Excuse me, gotta go." And then all of a sudden, I hear the guy crash through the crowd. It's okay. It's okay. And the, <laughs> the stand-up comedians are like. Hey man, like what's going on? What's wrong? Uh, <laughs> you should leave those girls alone. No, really, leave them alone. Like, for, like shrinking away immediately. <laughs> then they follow us into the hotel. He follows us into the hotel. The Chet tie-in is that Chet had a very nice woman with him. She she had this like really cool jacket or whatever. And initially, I really did think the guy just had like a chemical mask like attached to the top of his head. And of course, he confronts me because that's who I am. And he's sure. like. Well, you've been, you're in this hotel. Do you own it? Like asking me if I own the hotel, and I'm nobody just giving... would ever think I owned anything. <laughs> they like, think you owned a hotel. Do you own the hotel? Are you the boss? Are you a boss lady? Are you? Oh, you married? Oh, I'm sorry, you're married. It's okay. And just like that. 
And so then, like, Chet, Chet is like, hey, guys, uh, we should uh, just all turn around. And then he tells the guys, like, this is inappropriate. You should leave. Like, just basically he's telling the guy to go away. He goes away, and I turn to Chet. I'm like, that guy had, like, a weird chemical mask on, and he was drunk, and he was a jerk. And then his nice friend says, actually, I think the guy got stabbed in the head. I'm like, what? What? He goes, she goes, that wasn't a chemical mask. That's a very specific bandage that people get when they get stabbed in the head. I said, when they get stabbed in the head? Then she follows up with a fact that I did not see coming. Yeah, you know, during the holidays, people get stabbed by their loved ones more often. Oh, Oh, sure. Straight up. That is a tie-in into this episode about being stabbed in the head for the holidays. It's sort of about being stabbed in the (laughs) head-ish. Yeah. Yeah, we're talking about the Chicago Rippers. Hey! Which sounds like, it's such a cool name. A little bit lower than the head is the head on your chest. The head of the chest. That's The the chest head. Yep. Yep, that's a medical term. The chest head. breast. The chest head. Or, or otherwise stabbed called the, the chest. left breast. Stabbed right. I was waiting you for this. You want to lose a breast, get stabbed, stabbed in, in the chest. chest. There we go. Yay. I was New hey. song. Yeah. <laughs> it's not I bad. I like that one, DJ Adam Easy. 2018. Yeah, Beat. no, it's great. Okay. Yeah, I yeah, like it. I think it now. You know, it's. <laughs> Whoa, that was not a good one. No. What? I'm just going to say, like, Back that to was... the drawing board. <laughs> On the What in the World podcast, that's the Hitler drum. Whenever someone mentions Hitler. How we'll often just, does it come up? It's yeah. a it's a podcast about international news, and I don't know if you've been paying attention to what's happening in Europe, but it's all turning into Hitler. Oh, you hit the drum. Thank you. Yeah. It's scary. Mm, yeah. This is why I like to like not know stuff. Where's Indiana Jones when you when you need him? Yeah, we need him to swoop in and fight some fucking Nazis. Uh, or he could have swooped in to fight the Chicago Rippers, because boy was this a a wily bunch. Yeah, and there weren't any snakes involved. They were like a four-man boy band. I mean, uh, of sorts. A boy Indiana band Jones, of Jones. Yeah, of sorts. Yeah, mm-hmm. they. I never heard anything the about crew. this. Come on. Yeah, yeah. I think they Doing snapped a lot. You. you think they were like yeah, snapping the Super Bowl yeah. shuffle? We yeah. are the Ripper Crew, <laughs> ripping on down, doing it for you. We're not bad. We're cool. We cut off your breasts and we worship Satan. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it didn't rhyme. Like so? I wanted it doesn't it to. have to. But it had Satan will fix it, it in had post. Power. It had power, Carrie. I felt a little like bit you're... of a punch. All right. It. it was avant garde. No. Mm. What you have, you can't duplicate. The rest we can fix. It's fine. Thank you. Yeah. Man, the he- that got me right in the head of the chest. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. So, yeah, the Chicago Ripper crew. I grew up in Illinois, but I never heard of these motherfuckers. But uh, that's a badass name. Sorry, I know we already is. did the name thing, but the Chicago Ripper Crew. Yeah, it's pretty great. That's like a Quentin Tarantino movie. In a 17 month span, beginning in late May 1981, several women disappeared or were found murdered in Chicago and the surrounding suburbs. Nothing interesting about that. So we were like five. Like, why didn't we know more about this, Adam? I don't. We lived just a few hours south. Yeah, we should have heard. But Something. you should have known. Is this like a posthumously named crew? I don't know. Because I didn't notice in the notes when they were dubbed this crew. And they didn't get caught until after. So I should have heard about this. I, I mean, that's such a b- bitchin' name. Not to yeah. be super 80s, but I mean. I'm surprised there weren't t-shirts. 
Yeah. Chicago Rippers t-shirts. Probably a sports franchise now. Chicago Rippers. 17-month span, though. I feel like a year and a half, if they would have spread it out more. Right. Been more enterprising. They would have had a bigger following. Well, you'd, I mean, look, you'd, th- you'd assume more hands make a, make a lighter load, but apparently not. I mean, they got some victims in there, but it's like it kind of fizzled they out They did really some quickly. work. I just really want to point out that before we move forward, my job, my work, of course, has a softball team. Because, of course, because they... it's a corporate job. Yeah. And, of course, they have a softball of team. Of course. Do they have a bowling team? Yes, they have a bowling team. Bowling league. <laughs> bowling, yeah. Anyway, they're called the Rippers. So that's all I'm thinking about <laughs> is my boss doing all of this. But go ahead. <laughs> is it the one who lost a bunch of weight that I have a crush on? Um, no. Or that, the son who has the a foot cast? The one that lost a bunch of weight that you have a crush on, it, I like to always point out, is still the guy that I make the joke about the hot pocket. Yes. That turned same, into a lean pocket Same in guy. Same guy. And he's already in prison. What? <laughs> Why would you say that? Because it was. Just, how do you know it's not true? You just, you just <laughs> dashed, worked with just him. dashed all of her hopes and dreams. He might since I'll Caitlin throw left this, work. This flight model of Goldschlager at your head. Since, you don't know what happened since Caitlin since, got home. Well, since I left work, since for my maternity leave, he was the one that's taken over all of the live hosts hosting duties since I've been gone. He, and he was, developed his he own was a hashtag. natural talent. You didn't see. There was something where he ran into a conference room and he was dressed up as uh, Will Ferrell or yeah. somebody in basketball. I don't know. Somebody in basketball. <laughs> all right. Was Will Ferrell in basketball? No. Sure. Oh, I was going to help you. No, it was, oh, God. <laughs> I went there what, for Matt you. Matt Stone, Trey Parker. Whoever has a curlier ha- hair. I don't know. I, I, I can't tell them what part. It's been Matt, 30 years I of my think. life, and I have no idea who they, like, the difference. I'm pretty sure they were both in that. Yeah. Yeah, they who, were, but who who's the curlier the hair? Curliest. Oh, I don't of them know. all. I think it might be. Nobody knows. It is a mystery of the ages. Yeah. Anyway, no I one's been able to figure it out. As. All right. So let's talk about the Chicago Rippers. On Saturday morning, May 15th, 1982, never forget, real estate agent Donald Stibby arrived for work to find his office door locked, a pair of women's shoes, a keychain, and some cosmetics strewn on the ground in front of the doorway. Oh, no. Thinking a woman might have lost her purse, those fucking dames. He phoned Elmhurst Police. Who does that when someone loses their fucking purse? And that's when he noticed the keychain bore his company's name. It was then that Stibby realized the items on the ground belonged to his secretary, Lorraine Lori Borowski. We used to backhand. She didn't type fast enough. Exactly. He and police searched the area around the shopping plaza but could find no trace of her. Uh, quick time out. So it doesn't say here. We made you... it pretty far. <laughs> we did. We got a good ways into this. All right. Go. So it doesn't say if he went inside. It looks like he did. He did not. Like he didn't discover the body, or no. he didn't go inside. He no. didn't see anything. But think about the it. The purse like, was like, scary enough. Like yeah. it is now, though, where it's like, oh, I'm going to grab my cell phone out of my pocket. So right. He a lot of effort. Did he call from one of those one of those time old uh, payphones that were like miles apart from each other back that are in the day. Full of tetanus and definitely hepatitis. Desperation. All of those and things. Ransom callings. Mm-hmm. Mm. Ransom callings. The eighties were so wild. Did those hat what are ransom callings? <laughs> <laughs> you have to call from a payphone so that you can't be traced. You also you really, have to you... hang up before ten seconds so that it's not traced. She's working out a book. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's an autobiography. It's, Don't uh, worry about these it. These are Keep her going. these are gonna be her, her <laughs> shorter <laughs> blog posts. She's working on bulking out her content before she rolls out the overarching. That's a good strategy. Theme of her blog. Yeah, it's yeah. a good strategy. Uh-huh. 
so yeah, the, the he and the police searched the area but could not find her. Neighbors had seen her leave her Elmhurst Gardens apartment on South Fellows Court at 8 a.m. She did not own a car. Borowski's family, which included nine brothers and sisters, were Jesus at... Jesus Christ. I know, that's way too many. That's super Catholic. Yeah, that's Catholic. Yeah. Irish Catholic. If I wonder how oh, long Oh, no. It's... Wait. Polacks. Polish. That's, all... that's a big... Pol- Polish. Polacks. One of the two. <laughs> that's a big Chicago thing. <laughs> Are people still sensitive about Polak? I don't know. Because I feel like the only time I hear people get upset about it is like flashback scenes in Martin Scorsese movies. I don't, I don't, I honestly, I've never heard somebody use like it derogatory. I upset about everything. Correct. Yeah. So that's what I'm asking, I guess. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, probably. I'm, I'm sure just usually are. the one that has to like keep Carrie from like saying something she shouldn't oh. say. And so I just need to make sure the next time some one that one rolls keeping out. keeping a list. I'm just trying to, or me, I say stupid stuff. Of course, we all do. Correct. Fucking Polak. <laughs> Polak. <laughs> Uh, Pekin Polacks. <laughs> Borowski's family, which included nine disgusting brothers and sisters, were at a loss to explain her disappearance. Her father Raymond said, "We don't think it's a ransom thing. She was just at the wrong place at the wrong time. Carrie? She's not the type to disappear, really, because it seems like she just disappeared." <laughs> I mean, but how is that your type? <laughs> sometimes she disappears, and sometimes she reappears. It's the craziest thing. My night stuff honestly like it would suck to be the kind of person where when you disappear everybody unanimously goes yeah well yeah, yeah that's you know her. what she does she just, just give dis- her just give her a Rory, few days Lori. disappears for a few months at a time well with nine brothers and sisters exactly two weeks later on may 29th a second woman disappeared in the same county Uh-oh. this is a very very sad story uh shui mock 30 had come to this country from hong kong only three years earlier <laughs> She lived with her family in Lombard. By day, she worked in a Downers Grove factory with her mother, and at night, she worked in the family-owned restaurant Lingling's in Streamwood. Jesus. And it was in the early hours of Saturday after the restaurant closed, she disappeared. She was riding home from work with her younger brother. They got in an argument because her brother had brought home a table to stand on while he was painting. And they get in this argument, and her brother pulls over and says, well, you can ride home with mom and sister. I'm going to take his side. I feel like that's like a bitch move. She sounds like a real cunt. (laughs) (laughs) But the problem is when she got out, her mom and sister in the car behind him didn't see her get out. Oh, God. So no one realized that she got left there until they got all the way back to Lombard, Illinois, which is a drive. And they go back to pick her up. Gone. But what are the circumstances? Is somebody who has often put themselves in precarious situations, uh-huh. typically Tijuana. Yeah, it's scary when you um, tell me stories. It makes me very nervous. But I mean, <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> I made it back. But by the grace of God, but yes. By yeah, yeah. Um, What's your, where are you I getting at? Like, no, I'm saying what. What are the chances that like she would have just been like, I'm just going to sit in this cornfield or whatever for a couple of hours <laughs> until they come back, like. What are the chances that somebody would have happened upon her and then she would have got murdered? That the Ripper's crew just well, like came I by and I have questions swoop. about this, and I know you go into some conspiracy theories later. I almost wonder if the brother had something to do with it. Uh, well, the mother and sister were driving behind him the whole time, though. But they didn't see her, so how would they know that he even pulled but they over? But they saw him the whole time. They were in. But then, the, if okay, he pulled over, why weren't they like pulling over? Here's to what see I what was here's going what I want to ask. This this is. This is what I want to ask. How shitty of a person is the brother or is this young woman that somebody gets kicked out of a car in the middle of the... Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, how... 
you'd have to make me pretty angry to just say you're walking home in an undetermined distance. But see, he wasn't telling her to walk home. He was just telling her to ride with her mom Even and weirder, sister but, who were behind her. But what are the odds that this car would... I mean, that's I a mean, weird it's a, choice. Like, it's, that's a like, weird, it's a weird choice, and I'm sure they regret it now. Well, yeah, yeah. but like, to, assume, a whole lot. to assume that your mom and your sister will see her on the side of the road. Like, how much of a head start did he have? Yeah. Was she wearing, like, one of those... Like a reflector? Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> like, we also don't know if she was like, let me out, I'll ride with mom and sis either way yeah. i just don't understand the plan of the the one car behind us that has the ability to take you home safely will definitely see you and get you home safely yeah in reporting the disappearance to police they explained <laughs> that shui had no money with her no identification and spoke only limited english she was wearing a red a sweater move. that's a black dick move. pants and sandals even wor- sandals crime of fashion yeah, that is a weird outfit. <laughs> in the days that followed, Hanover Park Police, along with DuPage County, deputy sheriffs combed the fields and forest preserves in that area, but could find no trace of her. In addition to official efforts to locate the missing woman, both Borowski and Max families were actively participating in the search. Hmm. Uh, so on Wednesday, September 8th, the Surbabin, suburban Broadview woman, yep. Rose Beck Davis, 30, was found beaten to death behind the wooden stairs of a three-story Lakeshore Drive apartment near Gothi Street in Chicago. I don't even know why I tried to pronounce that street name. It didn't matter. I think it's Gautier. Yeah, it could be. But it's a, sound like a total dickhead. It's not a real street. doesn't matter. She was lying on her back. Her sweater, Aww. which appeared to have been ripped off, was lying nearby, and her blue corduroy slacks were in disarray. Her shoes and her purse were missing. Broadview is just a few miles southeast of Elmhurst, and authorities immediately thought there may be a connection. Chicago and Broadview police still were investigating the Davis death when on the last day of September, a truck driver spotted the decomposed body of a woman in a field about a mile from where Shui Mock had last been seen. The remains, he said, were clad in a red sweater, black slacks, pink and white blouse, and thongs. Thong to thong, thong, thong. Because she obviously hates matching. Right? Yep. Ling Mock identified the clothing as her sister's. A postmortem examination showed that Shui had died of a fractured skull. <sighs> Less than two weeks later, on Sunday, October 10th, a hunter came upon the skeletal remains of Lorraine Borowski in a thicket in Clarendon Hills Cemetery near Westmont. Her clothing was found scattered nearby. Lori's mother was stunned. She and other family members had searched the same general area during the summer after a psychic had told them their missing daughter would be found in a cemetery. Mrs. Borowski said, what bothers me is we were here. If we had stayed longer, we might have found her. I want to do an episode on helpful psychics. Yes. Oh, my God. I know a psychic we can use if we ever want to bring one in. Of course I do. Why, why would we not want to? Okay. If you want to, we can have an yeah. episode about psychics. And he can talk to us about us. No, let's just do a session with him. Like about us or about a case? About us. Okay, and then he, he can is talk about in true yeah. crime too. And then he can talk about his true yeah, crime. Yeah, Annabelle ideas. referred him. Nicole, Amy just had him. Jessica, Michelle's had him. <gasps> I love psychics so much. Yeah, they said I'm all he's for it. Awesome. So, um, um, yeah, let's do it. Can you? I mean, it's pretty incredible that, like, okay, so one body is found a mile from where she went missing. They find this other body in an area that they've been searching, like. I completely see how it's possible to miss a body. Like I, I get oh, it. Yeah. I mean, 
But that just must feel so yucky. And that's like two instances where, you know, like a mile is not that far. Yeah. So the search radius, like somebody just wasn't, I don't know. Wasn't looking that good? I don't know. Because it's like a field. You think if she goes missing in a field, you check the field, right? I don't know. Anyway, it's just just a bummer that it happens. Yeah. But I, I think it's even weirder. Can you imagine if a psychic tells you to go look somewhere and you're all amped and you go and you're like, oh, my God, I can't find – we didn't find her. And then then they do. Turns out that's yeah. right. Just yeah. turns out you're bad at searching. You went yeah. as far as to get the psychic, but that's where it stopped. Yeah. Why didn't the psychic just take them to the body? I don't know what the arrangement was. Have you ever seen mm. the movie The Gift? No. With Kate Blanchett? No. Oh, it explains all of this. Oh, okay. Does it? I love that movie so much. <laughs> Because they're supposed to, yeah, that is weird. Like, why don't they use them? I think you can take them to different places. And I think I saw this on Missing Maura Murray, where they were taking a psychic around to different places. And they were, and she would say if she had feelings, if it was the correct spot yeah. or not. Well, I mean, I would imagine if you're a psychic, it's just like anything. You know, you're not going to, it's just a talent you have. It's not like you're going to be good at it all the time or whatever. Kind of yeah. like how right now I'm not being very funny. Like other times what? I am funny, but right now, right when I was explaining the second, oh thing, right, I wasn't. the second, yeah, okay. right, the second. <laughs> Never I mind. agree. That was pretty funny. <laughs> Classic Caitlin. <laughs> Thanks, Adam. Thanks. Classic Caitlin. No, I, I wasn't. No, you looked sorry. at me for approval. I, I didn't I know what to do. I wasn't. So I already smiled at you, but it does. It doesn't translate on a podcast. It's no. fine. You'll get it next time, Carrie. You're doing fine. Uh, all right. Anyway, you're doing great. So let's talk about another victim, 18-year-old convicted prostitute, Beverly Washington. That's a good prostitute name. Well, it's a great, great prostitute name. Beverly Washington. She was recovering in a yeah, Chicago Bev. hospital from a sadistic array of wounds. She'd been brought in unconscious to Illinois Masonic Hospital, Uh-oh. Illuminati. Oh, boy. Got con- con- my mind. I don't know. I was right? going right? to do, a, do a, a, a Nas lyric, and I just lost it. It's about the Illuminati. It was going to be a really good reference. It was there. I just dropped it. No, it wasn't that you dropped it. It's that you, <sighs> Caitlin, I dropped it. Are overworked. You're tired. He but just there's got no back excuse. Vacation. Oh, well, I then. know you like to defend people. I, on the other hand, like to point out their opportunities. Mm, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Carrie's right, and I make no excuses. So Beverly Washington, she was recovering in the hospital. She'd been brought in unconscious after being found naked and bleeding profusely and Aww. near death alongside the Chicago and Northwestern Railroad tracks. Bev is a survivor, damn it. She is. She awakened in her hospital bed to discover that her left breast had been severed. Oh, right at the chest head. And her right one badly cut. <laughs> said earlier, head of the chest. Chest head, yeah. Her head chest. It her. was your reference. How are you confused? <laughs> I don't think that's what I said. That's exactly that's ex- what you said. That's precisely what you said. exactly what you said. Just minutes ago. Approximately no. 26. I don't think so. Play it back, Angie. Angie, play it back. <laughs> she remembered nothing of the bloody encounter, but was able to fill Thank in police God. on events leading up to it. She was badly beaten and barely able to speak, so she used handwritten notes and hand signals to help the detectives piece together what happened. She relayed that a young man in a red van picked her up while she was, quote, working the industrial area. She said he offered her $25. After driving her to a nearby vacant lot, the woman said the man threatened her with a knife and a gun, handcuffed her hands and feet, and tied her breasts with a rubber cord. Then he raped me and shoved some pills into my mouth and made me wash them down with soda pop, 
Which soda or pop? So don't say soda it's pop. It's typically not both. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, really? That's, I thought that's no. what pop and it's was. typically pop is what they call it in the Midwest. I always said soda. I was always I, staunchly soda. I was always staunchly soda Sometimes as well. Sometimes sody. I don't Sometimes sody. Yeah, some of my Indiana relatives though would call it uh, soda pop or sody pop. Yeah, they're wrong. Sody pop. Look, I'm team soda. I, I, I soda or sody? I don't understand the pop. But I thing. also said I did say supper. I didn't say dinner. No, supper's not a real thing. When I moved to California, I'd be like, oh, when's supper? Oh. And yeah. Oh, in the dorms mm. at Cal State Long Beach. And they're <laughs> like, what meal is that? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. It's after lunch around 5 p.m. And they're like, no, that's early. And I'm like, I don't know then. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We had <laughs> supper at 4.30 or 5. We were early It's incredibly eaters. early to eat your last meal well, of the day. Well, yeah. I mean, I was a thin kid. My metabolism. So after downing those pills with that sody pop, she blacked out, and the next thing she remembered was she was in the hospital. Police theorized that after cutting the woman's breast, the assailant tossed her out of the van and left her for dead along ah. the tracks, where she was discovered by a scavenger looking for aluminum cans. She was able to describe the red van and its contents in great detail. She described it as a red Dodge with black seat covers and smoked windows. True story, I was out walking my dog today, and saw through the windshield of a car this really cool NWA seat cover, and I pull out my phone to take a picture and realize I'm pointing my phone at a person sitting in the front seat of their car just wearing an (laughs) NWA (laughs) T-shirt. So then I had to act like I was checking a text and then moved on. (laughs) You were looking at him. He was looking at you. He was just blending in. Just it yeah. was dark in that car. Was it the upholstery. It was a shirt. It was black shirt. It's dark. It was all. I I was on the the Revlon walk one year with my mother in law. Um, way before she was my mother in law, it was just my boyfriend's mom at the time. And there was this lady in front of us, and she had this like really weird rumpled hat on, but I could tell it was a hat. But my mother in law, who didn't have her glasses on was like trying to be she's just a very like encouraging person like yeah you go way to go like good job everybody and when she saw this woman she's like wow that's a great washington wig you've got on (laughs) (laughs) and i was like huh and then she and then but then it was great because the way she recovered she goes nope just a hat and kept walking (laughs) (laughs) and this lady didn't understand anything that had happened but it was funny well that's a great washington wig you got on there (laughs) well no that's a hat (laughs) nice it was good yeah, seat covers. Here. That's where I was. Seat covers. Seat covers. After I, before I derailed us, she described the van as a red Dodge with black seat covers and smoked windows. There was a plywood partition with a hinged plywood door separating the cab from the cargo area. Oh, boy. Along the sidewalls were 12 wooden shelves containing tools and electrical wiring. And dangling from the carpeted ceiling was a roach clip used to smoke marijuana joints. Set wild. Yay, yay. Attached to a blue and white feather. Fucking hippie piece of shit. Gross. A description of the van went out over the police radio, and on the night of October 20th, Detective Thomas J. Flynn and his partner Philip Murphy spotted the red Dodge. They curbed the vehicle and questioned its driver, 21-year-old Edward Spritzer. He told them the van belonged to his boss. Hmm. They looked in the vehicle and saw the roach clip hanging from the ceiling and the plywood partition. On swinging open the rear doors, they saw the shelves and bins on both walls. Spritzer was driving to meet his boss, Robin Gecht of R&R Electrical Co. Really quickly, like normally an eyewitness account is not great and it's not that detailed. Yeah. 
can you imagine like you know you're kind of like all right we're looking for red vans i'm just thinking like the morale going into the search you're like all right this woman has been fed narcotics she's missing a boob she's a prostitute like this was a really detailed account i don't know how much of this is real and then you like find the co- the van like with the roach clip still yeah. hanging and from the, the ceiling. Feather like it's pretty specific. Yeah, that, I mean it's a it's kind of a miracle that this woman was able to remember all. I'm sad oh, that yeah, she for sure. could, frankly, but... but maybe because of like her profession, she is more on alert. Probably so she is always watching stuff in case something would happen to her. Yes, yeah, but I mean, I, I just think it would be bizarre to. Because the odds of them having that kind of detail locked in and to actually come upon detail that's that matches that well, that's that's pretty remarkable. Yeah. yeah. This is kind of like Stronger, where Jake Gyllenhaal woke up with no legs. It is almost exactly like that. It's funny because I flashed multiple times to the movie Stronger right. about Jake Gyllenhaal. Right. Because yeah. he also got his, his chest head cut off in that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> If well, I and, remember correctly. And also, Boston is really close to Chicago. Really close. So I mean, they're both... And there were two races. Both 70s bands. Going on. Yeah. yeah. One uh-huh. was a marathon. They are both 70s bands. Boston and Chicago, sure. So it's the same movie. It was a race yeah. for life. Pretty much the same movie. Yeah, I get it. That's something I would be willing to do. Like, go out on the streets and see how many tricks I could turn for money instead of doing a Patreon. Um, That's I, called prostitution. You're just, what? You're just talking... Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Not no. what I was planning to do. No, because Carrie would get really competitive oh. about it, too. I would. I want to like, get the most money. Only? Like, here's my levels. <laughs> For 25, yeah. Yeah. I'll touch the tip of your penis. See, you're going to be undersold. Uh, by the, you're gonna, you, People are going to come right <laughs> out from underneath like, What's so special about you touching my penis? I'm like, well, because I'm also going to slip you a cassette tape of the Unpopular Opinion Show with my friend Adam Todd Brown that you can listen to later. On oh, cassette. And your Chester van. Never mind. That is, you'll do well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm yeah. going to take merch. I guess I should have mentioned that. <laughs> the only prostitute with merch. A really competitive prostitute with merch. <laughs> this is my block. Oh, no, the, bitch, this is my no. block. And then I open up. It'd be j- July and 110 degrees, and I got a trench coat. Probably a Pico, a fashionable Pico. Oh, yeah. And I'll be wearing heels. That is uh, very fashionable. <laughs> yes. I have Rolexes and Unpops cassette tapes. The funniest idea ever. Just the prostitute with merch. <laughs> Where maybe I don't do sex, but wait. You'd have maybe to do you're sex. a prostitute who just oh. sells merch. <laughs> I don't know. I think that just makes me a salesperson. Nope, we could spit it. <laughs> I disagree. Oh man! But if I funny. touch the tip of their penis, that is prostitution. Yeah, I agree. No, yeah. I have to touch your penis, or it's not prostitution. <laughs> now, so for me to be able to go back and say I prostituted, <laughs> and I sold a bunch of merch. I'll be like, <laughs> I feel like I'd be that person who's selling like magazine subscriptions, and every night I'd have to come back to Adam and be like, okay, this is how much of your merch I sold, <laughs> or else I don't have a place to sleep tonight. Oh, they won't let you back in the community center. <laughs> you open the trench coat, no. someone's like, I'll take the cock ring. And you're like, no, it's just a key ring. Just regular It's like keys. the end of Scrooge. There's just like, like <laughs> bodies clinging to the side of a carry trying to stay warm. I like it. <laughs> I'm sold. Post. I'm sold. Worse. It's a pioneering business model, that's for sure. Absolutely. Can't disagree with that. So after the police pull this guy over, they travel with him to go meet this guy's boss, who was 28-year-old Robin Gecht, a carpenter electrician 
They inform him that a 1975 Dodge matched the description of the van used in the assault on the prostitute. He he volunteered to accompany them to Area 5 headquarters for questioning. Geck's older brother, a cop devotee who had been awarded an honorary suburban police star, which that might sound cool. What the hell, But immediate red flag to me. No. If you're a civilian that's that tight with the police. No, that's not good. That's that's like, what's his name? Who, uh, what? (laughs) You're not going to throw up in the sink. You're just saying that to make fun of me. Are you really going to go throw up? Damn it. Damn it. While the three were being questioned, police searched the van and found a sedative tablet similar to those the rape victim said she had been forced to swallow before her breast was severed. Sedative? Like, they, they, they got everything. Why didn't they just arrest this guy then? Because they've got honorary Eagle Scout best friend cops. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Police also ran a routine check on the three men and learned that two years earlier, Robin Gecht had been arrested on a charge of contributing to the sexual delinquency of a 14-year-old girl... And at the time, he lived in northwest suburban Hanover Park, the same hub suburb where Shwee Mock had disappeared. The Gecht brothers and Spritzer were taken to Illinois Masonic Hospital, where the slash victim was recovering. Jesus, no, this is such a horrible thing to do to somebody. Yeah. Bev is, is tough as nails. Yeah, Bev's a badass. But I am happy to say that we finally have this crew that everybody's talking about. Yes, yes, finally. The, uh, Hustling on down, doing it for you. We are, we are the rippers, <laughs> R- ripping crew. This is, fuck. I know. I wish we. Not a good rapper. Uh, what did the I Super do Bowl wrong? Shuffle. Can you Google it real quick? Lyrics. Super Bowl shuffle. No, because then if I, it's got the, the airplane thing. Yeah, that we got. We're in airplane. Your phone's in airplane mode, right? Oh, it's out there. Oh, okay, that works too. Yeah, I'm not supposed to be on the. An impromptu lineup was held in the corridor outside the woman's room, and she quickly identified Robin Gecht. Based on the woman's identification, he was charged with attempted murder, rape, deviant sexual assault, as opposed to regular sexual assault, armed robbery because her jewelry was taken, and aggravated battery, and as a final kick in the teeth, his van was impounded. That's bullshit. Some bullshit. I'm really glad that they put all this together so that the case could easily be thrown out. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. You can't do an impromptu lineup in a hospital. How fucking scary is that? Most people are scared when they're behind, like, what is that? Like, the, the no see through glass? Like, the glass? Oh, yeah. Yeah, What's the it? two-way mirror. Okay. Could you imagine, like, having them in front of you? No. And you're recovering. The only story that I have that's anywhere near like this is I was recovering from heart surgery in Children's Hospital Los Angeles when I was 12 years old and the UCLA I was it was yeah, the UCLA soccer team was doing some big national tour like that's they were hot. doing really well. How old were you? I was 12, which means uh, I was like an older kid like but I was old I enough to be so embarrassed. Boy crazy. Oh, I've been so boy crazy yeah i was boy crazy except there were like six soccer players in my hospital room and i had a you know catheter like a bag of pee next to me and i you know i had something sticking out of my neck and tubes in my chest and they were like all gorgeous and i was like yeah this sounds about right for me this is this is this is this sounds this is my life for sure and they're like hang in there kid i'm like thanks guys this is (laughs) no i haven't gotten my period yet (laughs) It was, yeah. But anyway, even that was intimidating. So I, you know, and I had both the boobs at this at that time, and those guys yeah. hadn't done that to me. So that's very scary. Very yeah. scary. After arresting Robin Gecht, police began to link Washington's assault with other unsolved crimes in the area, like that of Angel York, 23, formerly of St. Louis, 
She reported a similar assault on June 13, 1982. She told police she'd been picked up by a man in a van who handcuffed her in the rear of the vehicle, then said he had taken a knife, carved a gaping hole into one of her breasts, and performed a sexual act. Which breast do you think it was? Left. Yes. The the head. But but it was in the chest head. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like I didn't say that. I can't believe that you think you didn't say that. Brett, play back the tape. Brett is not here. So do you think she was like lucid when they carved into her boob? Yeah, uh, probably. I mean, unless well, she remembers that the is, sexual act. So is I. Uh, I think that's that's horrible. the grossest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, yeah. Like the fact that she's still alive. Well, I don't know. I don't think you have sex again or something like that. Yeah, like something something's not happening. Right. He took something from her with that one. Oh yeah. Uh, after the assault, he tossed her out of the van on the north side. She identified a police photo of Gecht as that of her attacker. Detectives believe that Gecht also was a likely suspect in the slaying of Sandra Delaware, whose naked body had been found under the Fullerton Avenue Bridge on the north branch of the Chicago River on August 28th. She'd been stabbed in the abdomen and strangled. They liked him young. She was 18. Yeah, it's crazy. Five days after Gecht's arrest and the attack on the prostitute, he was freed in lieu of $50,000 bond, of course. You got to let this guy out. On the Monday after Gecht was released, a 25-year-old woman told police she had been picked up on North Sheridan Road by a man answering his description, Gecht's description. Relax, the man told her. I'll give you $150 if you'll tell me the goriest, bloodiest stories you can tell. When she balked, he began flailing at her head with a homemade axe, which was just a large piece of broken glass embedded in a wooden handle. She raised her arms to ward off the attack. The woman said she'd clawed her way past the driver and tumbled out on his side of the car, screaming as he sped off. A new warrant was issued for Gecht, and on Friday, November 5th, detectives rearrested him at the home of a relative in Carpentersville. Police throughout the area were rapidly becoming interested in Gecht as word of the violent attacks on women spread. Moreover, it was learned that Gecht once had lived near a cemetery west of Illinois Highway 83, where the body of Lori Borowski had been found. Warren Wilkos, a DuPage County Sheriff's detective, also noticed similarities in attacks on the Chicago women to a homicide he'd been working on for more than a year. Wilkos was looking for the killer of Linda Sutton, 28, who had been last seen on the west side of Chicago in May 1981. Her decomposed body had been found a month later in a wooded area behind the Brer Rabbit Motel in Villa Park, Illinois. She'd been sexually assaulted and her body mutilated. And... Her chest head was amputated. God. Yeah. That and that chest head. Yes. Yeah. It's a crazy crime. I'm just confused the left how chest head. How did we always get, left too? I, but we're again we're down to a guy when we had a crew. Yeah. Oh. So we're, I'm just pointing the crew out comes together at the end for the conviction. The crew. The crew forms. But I mean they're shuffling right now. I believe shuffling on down. Maybe shuffling doing it for on you. down. Maybe doing it for you. Caitlin. Me. Maybe. Yeah. They're not here for Feathers Ruffle. They're just here to do the Super Bowl Shuffle. I remember even as a kid, I was like, Oh, this is a song. Fuck whoever wrote that line. <laughs> that is the stupidest. We're not here for Feathers Ruffle. Shut the fuck up. I have a new lyric that I hate. It's that Bruno Mars song about getting married or whatever. And he goes, uh, We're looking for something fun to do and all that shit. I think I want to marry you. And then he's like, uh, Is it that look in your eye or is it this dancing juice? 
I don't know what the f- I guess that dancing Jews. Uh, he said dancing Jews. Also, Jake, what right? I was yeah, worried about. Dancing <laughs> it's it's two things. It's one of two things. It's Jewish people dancing or alcohol making him want to get married. But dancing Jews is such a dumb it way to talk about alcohol. Yeah. Right? It no, it's like definitely any, any of those things are a stupid excuse to get married. Correct. Just yeah. dancing well, shoes, are, juice or Jews. I can't imagine the dancing Jews thing unless it taps into some deep heritage yeah. situation. I, I don't know. Like tradition or whatever. <laughs> but anyway, that's a new lyric I hate. Fuck you, Bruno Mars. He's doing just fine. He doesn't need our approval. I like Bruce. I do kind of as well, but that, that oh, lyric is... he's an amazing entertainer. Pr- no, see, he's now like, you're getting competitive. Uh, you're like doubling a, down. A Filipino. Um, is he Filipino? Yeah, I believe so. I believe also, so. is he or a robot? Or might be Hawaiian. But Justin Timberlake. He's, a, he's better than Justin Timberlake, I think, at this Don't point, for sure. Really? That way. What? I think they're both great. That stupid song, that sunshine in my pocket crap, I don't, bad. I don't I like think that song, he no. likes that song. I think he's <laughs> went on record and said that he didn't like that song. Yeah. He went on record? Justin? Yeah, just Justin. <laughs> <laughs> you know, JT of the NSYNCs. You just totally shorted out. You're like, yeah, Justin. That was so good. I uh, believe you. I just do. I'm sure he hates the song. Yeah. But I like Bruno Mars more. So let's talk about this crew coming together. Finally, because Finally. I need some action. So authorities learned that Geck twice had done construction work for John Wayne Gacy, of course. And a friend quoted Geck to say... You didn't he, say it was an all-star crew. <laughs> uh, That's funny. <laughs> Thanks, Carrie. Finally. The pros versus the stars. She finally thinks I'm funny. That's good. A friend quoted Gacta saying the only <laughs> mistake Gacy made was burying the bodies under his home. Actually, that's true. That is kind of true, yeah. Because otherwise, they wouldn't have been able to get him for all of the murders. <laughs> yeah. And it, it took a... He, he committed a lot. Yeah. A former roommate of Gacta flunked a lie detector test. Sure. After which he volunteered information about bodies buried near railroad tracks and in forest preserves. His story touched off a massive search for more victims of the man police now were calling a modern-day Jack the Ripper, but they didn't find any bodies. And, ironically enough, the reported attack that led to Gek's rearrest, complete hoax. The woman with the, the hammer that was... Oh, thank she God. cut her arms trying to burglarize a place and... That just was... lied to police about it. But when Gecht was arrested again, detectives brought in two of his friends, Edward Spritzer and Andrew Cocorales, who was in the van when Spritzer was picked up. Cocorales, that's a name. That's, yeah, it's that's a, such a high school name. That's a name that you remember forever. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, remember Andrew Cocorales? Yeah, remember Coco? Murdered some broads. Oh, he definitely went by Coco. Oh, yeah, I would call him Coco. And... <laughs> The three immediately begin implicating each other. Reservoir Dogs. Yep. Carrie's yep. favorite picture of anything. <laughs> That's my all-time favorite picture. Because <laughs> they all have guns pointed at each that other. That is like your catch-all metaphor for literally everything. everything. <laughs> I, I like it. And, I, and you use it accurately every time. And sometimes it's guns. Sometimes I'll say microphones. Sometimes I'll say penises. It depends what the instance is. But, but again, it's a metaphor. It's always... So it's, it's very flexible. Reservoir Dogs. Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. Yeah. During questioning, Geck didn't reveal much, but Spritzer revealed details about the murder, and the three suspects also implicated Cocorales' brother, Thomas, who's 22. He was arrested and charged with the abduction and murder of Lorraine Borowski, 
Spritzer and Cocorales were charged with the murder of Rose Beck Davis, a Broadview housewife who was found beaten and strangled on the Gold Coast on September 8th. Spritzer also was booked in the murder of Sandra Delaware. The arrests were announced by Richard Chechik. Yep, you're fine. Sure. Then Chicago Police Superintendent, he disclosed... Polish. Polish. Of course. He disclosed that Gecht and his two companions were suspects in as many as 17 Chicago-area homicides, including the Borowski and Sutton slayings and Schwemach. This is a quote from that, that guy. Yeah, you're good. The only way I can say it is it's gruesome. Very, very gruesome. Wow, he was a poet. He was. That was very eloquent. With one exception, these murders followed a common thread. The abduction of a lone female, mutilation, sexual attack, and murder itself. The exception, he said, was the apparently random killing of Rafael Torado, 28, who'd been shot from a passing car near his north side home on October 6th, the night the teenage prostitute had been slashed. Do you think he saw something? Like, that I, wouldn't I surprise me. Yeah. Maybe just saw the vehicle and they knew... Like, oh, okay, we're going to have to kill this guy because yeah. he saw something. Could be. And the, the one detail that linked all most of these slayings or attacks is that uh, the remains oh. were still identifiable except the victim's breasts had been mutilated or slashed off with a knife or piano wire. That sounds like eyebrow threading of the breast. It is exactly like eyebrow yeah, threading. The, yeah, the chest head, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Threading yeah, this the is, chest. This is like some head. like saw stuff. Like this it's is, really like, bad. That is, yeah, that's like that's like something. If I saw in a movie, I'd be like, "Come on!" That's like something. It's <laughs> yeah. in seven, but it'd be like instead of Gwyneth Paltrow's head, it would be her chest head. Her in chest a box. head. Yeah. Yeah. What's yeah. in the box? What's in the box? Oh, no. oh. oh a chest head. <laughs> yeah. Just oh, one yeah. of them looks like the left one. Mm. Mm. A left chest head. I have a drink in my other hand anyway. Yeah, I'm Kevin Spacey. <laughs> I'm that was a good Vincent. Kevin Spacey. Yeah. That was a really good Kevin Spacey. I'm Kevin Spacey. I'm Kevin Spacey. <laughs> was mine good? Yeah. Thanks. Can somebody do Morgan Freeman? I'm Morgan Freeman. I'm Morgan Freeman. Oh, my God. Which <laughs> yeah. of us even said that? Speaking of God, no, I've played no, God multiple times. Don't look times. in the box. Wait, was that Brad Pitt? Was no, that no, Brad Pitt? Or no, was no. That, no was you were Morgan, Morgan Freeman. Morgan. You were, oh, and and my... honestly, when you did that, you looked like him for a second. Okay. It was here's crazy. my Brad Pitt. All right, ready? What's in the box? Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> hold on. Okay. What remember, he said it? that exact same thing in seven. Correct. Okay, hold on. Correct. I'm Gwyneth Paltrow. Okay. Oh, that's good. That was oh, good. That was good. That was good. She was dead. She was a chest head. That was good. We are killing it. Woo! So, the first inkling that these killings might have been part of a cult ritual came when a former neighbor of Gecht... In Hard left turn yes. cult ritual. Sorry. In <laughs> Villa Park... Beer, beer, beer. ...told authorities <laughs> that Gecht enjoyed reading books on torture practices of ancient cultures. And this is a quote. He told me he was reading about how the ancients cut off the breasts of women and saved them for tobacco pouches. Which, to be fair, is also something Indiana Jones would know about. Right, exactly. I just... Was to- it, there nothing else to make a fucking tobacco pouch out of? No. Oh, okay. I guess I didn't... Adam. I guess I didn't realize, but you're right now that I think about it. Depending on the size of the breast. I mean, it depends. Like, do you want, like, a shitty tobacco pouch, or do you want the best tobacco pouch? Because if you want the best tobacco pouch, you need a chest head. I feel like yes. if you took off my left breast, you could put, like, a kangaroo in it and if, carry it around the outback. If you took off my left breast, you could really only use it as a tobacco pouch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just both you know. useful though. Kangaroo. No, tobacco I, I'm pouch. not. Yeah, yeah, I don't feel like less of a woman. I'm just 
for utility purposes, that's, right. that's I'm just being like, honest. Like, yours might do better, like, uh, in San Francisco or Chicago or somewhere where, like, they need change for, like, a subway Correct. or, like, yeah. a laundry machine. Or if you need, like, a bag of, like, magic beans. Because mm-hmm. like you don't get magic a ton of those. Bag. Yeah, that would yeah. be my left chest head. Perfect. <laughs> You're in the outback. Uh, yeah. And I mean, you need to carry around a marsupial. Yeah, then we need carries. Then you need my chest head. Right. Yes. Okay. Got it. So oh, I'm glad we got that out of the way. There was also a theory that Satan worship was involved, and this theory gained impetus when police found six crosses, some black and some red, painted on the walls of a tiny attic room in a house once occupied by Gecht. Thomas Cocorellis told investigators that the room had contained an altar made from a board covered with red cloth where cult members cut up animal parts and sometimes human parts for sacrifice. Cook County Assistant State's Attorney Richard Buki would disclose at Cocorella's trial that the severed breasts of the murder victims would be removed from a box and placed on the altar. The rituals, while Gecht read patches... And then one day they would rise again. What? the All the breasts, you mean? People. All the chest heads. Okay, yeah. Got like in Fantasia. The people behind the chest. Da-dun, da-dun, da-dun. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. And Gecht would read passages from the Bible while cannibalism rituals happened. Did it make you wonder if it was the religious Bible or the Satan Bible? Because I think there's two I'm, different ones. Yeah, I'm yeah I don't know what they're if they're saying it was just because that's a weird that's weird reading right. material well, for uh, any reading material in this circumstance is weird reading material. That's first true. First of all, but secondly, I mean, this thing with a shuffling crew. Yeah. 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 You're right. You're right. Coming on down, they're reading Satan Bibles for you. Yeah, and fluffing up their feathers for whatever. But also, like, this is, these are the people that really fucked up things for satanic panic, in my opinion. Like, yeah. All you really need is, like, one person to be severing boobs with a piano wire and they everybody just ruined it for all satanic <laughs> really panickers. Did. Yeah, I'm they just really saying, did. like, takes one asshole. Here we are. It's like, look, it's three, but still, you know, a crew of assholes. A it ripper crew. Turns out to be four. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. In all, they gave authorities information about 17 murders, some of which never might have been proved because the victims' bodies could not be found. Prosecutors said that each gave signed, tape-recorded statements implicating themselves in various killings, often committed under the influence of drugs, alcohol, or both. Police are certain that the cultists killed eight people. The rest is speculation. Here's the thing, though. This happened in Chicago. Which at this time was notorious for false confessions. So I don't doubt. Oh, you mean the area where they marched three people into a hospital and then made her do a random lineup might not be the most kosher police department? Yeah, exactly. Uh, That's the least of it now. I know. The thing is, this Thomas Cocorellis, they later found out, has an IQ of like 75. Right and, above retardation. And he was the one who but said... A, a dassy situation. Yeah, he was the one who's, in his confession, that's where all the Satanist and cultist um, stuff comes out. So... Was there a lot of false confessions in the early 80s, though? That's that's why Illinois overturned the death penalty. And that comes out later with, what a great guy, Governor George Ryan... Yeah, I mean, that George Ryan, when he did that, he didn't have any choice because there was this one cop who worked for the Chicago PD who had worked there like 20 or 30 years. And finally, he was just like, look, I've sent like 250 people to jail on false confessions. And they were like, we cannot execute another fucking person 
until we make sure all of these people on death row are actually guilty. And it was because of that one cop that they overturned. But it was such a rampant thing in Chicago. So, yeah, they eventually, I mean, all of these people went to prison. Weirdly enough, Gecht was the only one who was never charged with murder, but he was sentenced to 120 years in prison. So he won't be getting out. But Thomas Cocorellis, the... uh, Coco? Coco. Oh, no, Coco's bro. It's Coco's bro. Tom Coco. Yeah, Thomas Cocorellis, originally sentenced to life in prison for his role in 82... He was he's the one who was mentally impaired, IQ of seventy five. He might be out by the oh, time no. we read this. I don't like that. Because he was given a deal that basically gives him uh for every day of good behavior he gets one day taken off his sentence. And now he's basically eligible for like parole. Like a fairy tale? And basically Pretty much. they just said he was like a chill dude in prison. Yeah, well, they said he was a fo- that's why the fact that they got the the Satan stuff out of him. I, it doesn't sell me on the Satan aspect of this crime. I'm not sure. I mean, obviously, you got your notes from all these different articles. But when he first told me about the Ripper crew, uh, I Wikipedia'd it. And it literally just said, like, oh, yeah, these guys went out. They murdered these people. They were all Satanists. Like, it was almost like those were the facts. It wasn't yeah. as sub- objective so or subjective all, as this. It's all based on Coco's... Testament. The yeah. the why I think the murders are legitimate. I think they legitimately committed the murders, but I think the more sensational yeah, that's, Satanism that's aspects why, of it. That's why I brought up the whole the but, satanic panic. But here's yeah, the other was, thing: people like got like people that are going to go out and do shit like this are also just assholes. So you know he might have been like pretending to be a Satanist or something like that. I mean anything's yeah. possible. I, I why does anybody kill? You know. I don't know, but I'm not surprised. That the sexual if satisfaction? A, if it's a crew of people, Some. if it's a crew, like literally a crew, there's always one asshole that's trying to prove himself to everybody, so he's making them do dumb shit like paint crosses, and I'm not surprised. Fucking Ripper crew. Is that like squad goals? It is. Kind of. Ripper goals. Yeah. Ripper crew goals. Ripper crew goals, yeah. I yeah. like it. I so yeah, that's like the them. Chicago Rippers. They're all in prison now. Except one who might be out by the time and you hear this. And you saw this on your Christmas, I, right? I saw this on an episode of a show called, it's on Netflix right now. Uh, it's called A Cult Crime, season one, episode seven. And the thing is, there are a lot of inconsistencies in that show and what we covered here. Ashley Best did a lot of the research for this, and she didn't even include the stuff from the show because it's so different from what like the Chicago Tribune and actual sources were reporting. But when you watch the Occult Crimes episode about this, they make it seem like it was just full-throttle Satanism. Like, they really play up that yeah. aspect well, it's, of it. it's not unheard of. I mean, Carrie and I have talked about this so many times. It's just, like, whatever the angle of the show is, they repackage the crime to make it... But how many yeah. Ripper crews have we been in? Seven. Okay, at least. Yeah, I mean, at like this point. It's so exactly many. seven. I document I, uh, all your I crimes so I can blackmail you later. I have a yeah. lot of t-shirts. Um, Ripper crew white t-shirts? White wine Ripper crew? Yeah, white wine Ripper crew and, you know, breasthead for life. That's when I commit a crime. I like to <laughs> I like to fire off a t-shirt cannon right after. You know me if my t-shirt cannons carry. Just... We have this one comic <laughs> acquaintance who we feel like wears one shirt and it is a two to three XL, and it looks like it, it was, was shot, shot out, out of a, out of a His whole cannon. wardrobe looks like it's been Who shot out of a cannon. I'll censor the name. 
Oh, I don't even know who that is. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So now I'm going to leave it in. I won't leave it in. You know, the thing about that guy is that he will somehow hear this episode. Oh, yeah. He's that sure. guy for sure. Like, yeah. <clears throat> anyway. 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 So what do we have to plug before we get out of here? Uh, what? Oh, we should, let, we should let people know Pretty Scary is going to be bi-weekly because one of us had a baby. Sorry, everybody. Caitlin had a baby, I and also, baby. but you're going to be doing more white wine, true crime. Yeah, we've so. got more going on in white wine. Yeah, 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 I'm going to be so. very busy prostituting your cassette tapes. Yes, practically buskering, but yeah. <laughs> so pretty scary. Will be bi-weekly. We have another podcast that's coming next week that'll be switching off with this one, but it'll be a surprise. It'll Are be you fine? Yeah. Well, we have to f- still put a podcast. Oh, got like, it. On the weeks that your podcast. Oh, you doesn't. can't just like leave it there and yeah, just. In, like, just, just let it be like white of, noise for an just hour. In <laughs> honor of pretty scary, no podcast that day. And like everybody's flag is at that can be mask. only one. It's just his soundboard over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Flying through the air. But yeah, just white wine true crime. Come check us out. Uh you can find us on the interwebs. You can find us on uh Stitcher and on your Apple uh iPod app. Super easy to find us. I'm fine. Everything's fine. You don't sound like a mom at all. <laughs> My brain literally stopped working. On your Apple iPods. <laughs> hey. You seem like you're shutting down. Hey, if you want, go ahead and uh, send me a text message, and then I'll get your email address, and then I'll send you an email, and then you can email me back the link uh, for my show. Oh, my. Yeah. It'll be great. It does sound great. Unfortunately, you're going to have to listen to the show on your television. I don't know how it works. I'll ask my son. Who's so, eight weeks? <laughs> he already knows more than I do. This goes up on the tenth, so I will be at uh, the Hollywood Hotel tonight for Quincy Johnson's show, which is called Hilarity. And then uh, Friday the twelfth, I'll be at Westside Comedy Theater for Darkest Hour, eleven thirty p.m. Come out to that. January twenty second, I'm at Speakeasy, some Speakeasy cocktail place in santa monica that place is fun that place is fun what's it called is it called speakeasy speakeasy i'll be at speakeasy in santa monica on january 22nd for adam fuhrberg's show that is a fun show that guy is a prince let me recommend he's the nicest guy yeah he's really great he's funny and their their burger is really good oh really yeah weirdly yes Mm -hmm. i haul angie along it's really good good. you gotta get there a little early because the kitchen will close but you'll be fine you should bring them on home for winter Poppy. <laughs> She's a good puppy. All right. Do we have anything else? We should wrap this up. No. Yeah, I think we got to do good. another just one of these. White wine true crime. Oh, are you telling me? Oh, no. hi. No, um, uh, no, you don't. White wine true I crime. Just... You can find this at www.whitewinetruecrime.com. <laughs> if you're going to rate us, please just five star reviews. Only um, five star reviews. Or above. And then like a nice comment. Six to good. seven star reviews, please. Preferably. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's get out of here. Caitlin, say goodbye. Goodbye. Carrie, say goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you.